I felt super confident from the start because I've done half marathon juggling. I've done a marathon juggling. The good thing about the track is you do loops and loops and loops. So it's really easy to keep on pace. I knew I was on pace to break the record by like a good minute, 40 to two minutes. That was Michael Bergeron. And this is episode 97 of the Inspired Souls podcast. Hi, I'm Carolyn and I'm a roadrunner. And I'm Kim and I'm a trail runner. Welcome to our podcast, where we bring the communities of trail and road running together and explore the parallels between running and life. Today, we're joined by new 10K joggling world record holder, Michael Bergeron. On July 10th, Michael ran 25 laps around the UPEI track in a time of 34 minutes and 47 seconds while simultaneously juggling three balls. The previous record was held by Toronto's Mikael Kapral in a time of 36.27. And while Michael technically broke this record back in 2018 in a time of 35.36, it was not ratified by the Guinness World Records because it was done on an uncertified course. This time he made sure to dot all his I's and cross all his T's so there would be no issues landing in the record books. In addition to hearing all about Michael's world record run, in this conversation, we discuss how he first became interested in the obscure sport of joggling, his impressive times in the 5K and half marathon distances, how he slows down surprisingly little juggling as compared to straight running, what other things you can find him juggling, and why he's had to turn down an invitation to Italy's Got Talent. When Michael isn't setting records, you can find him inspiring the next generation of jogglers, often while twisting balloons in a clown outfit. And if this weren't enough, this fall, Michael will represent the Canadian military at the World Cross Country Championships in Portugal. And now onto our conversation with 10K joggling world record holder, Michael Bergeron. Well, we are here with brand new world record holder, Michael Bergeron. Congratulations, Michael, on this absolutely amazing accomplishment on your 10K joggling record. And uh, welcome to Inspired Souls. Well, thank you for having me. Yes. So it has been just four days, right? You set this record on July 10th. We're recording today on July 14th. And you ran 10 kilometers, 25 laps around the UPEI track in 34 minutes and 47 seconds while juggling three balls. (laughs) And we're going to get into uh, all of the details. But first, I have to ask what in the world made you want to go after a record like this? Well, it was many years in the making. I started juggling about like eight years ago. And at first, it was just a social thing just to get outside and get engaged with the community. And then it became a bit more competitive. I did a race and I was really close to some of those records. And I was like, oh, maybe I should try it. Where did the juggling come into the picture? Like you obviously have had to have been a juggler first to think that you ever had a chance at this record. So when did you start juggling? Separately, running and juggling, I started when I was a teenager. I picked up both of them together in 2014. All started with uh, one of my friends sent me a picture on Facebook. And then one year later, it came as a memory of like this one picture of one guy running while juggling. Five balls at that time. And then I was like, ah, sure, I'll try it. So I put a clown outfit. I went outside and I, I, I dared myself to do it. I convinced my roommate to come outside with me. And that was a deal. I had to wear the clown outfit for my roommate to agree to come and film me. So we went outside. We did one kilometer of me running while juggling. 
it was like five minutes, 47, something like that. It was really just one kilometer. And then I was like, you know what? I, I shared it on Facebook. And then everyone was like, you need to do a 5K. And then a few weeks later, I did a 5K and it's pretty good. Okay. So how many times did you drop the balls when you were doing that first 1K? Uh, oh boy. How many times? Maybe like every 15, 20 meters at the time. Okay. And you still ran 547, <laughs> stopping every 15 to 20 meters to pick up a ball. Actually, we better talk about that. So you must be able to run a kilometer way faster than 547 if you can run a kilometer out of the gates 547 while juggling. So uh, what's your running background like? Uh, well, I ran for University of Ottawa for four years. But when I used to run back in university... I was like the slowest guy on the team. I was the type of guy that would uh, show up to workouts twice a week and I would do no easy run in between. Um, okay. I, I was more of like the, the social butterfly going everywhere, partying a bit too much. So I was not a really committed runner back then. Okay. But somewhere along the line, you obviously got a little bit more serious with it. And maybe we'll get into that a bit later, but let's talk about this race itself that took place four days ago. Could you paint us a little bit of a picture of the scene? Like, where were you? What was the weather like? Did you have good crowd support or pacers? Like what, if for those of you, like I had the advantage, I watched it live. I think it was live. I watched it on the Facebook feed and, and my husband and I were just like, oh my gosh, he's going to do it. This is so cool. But for those of us that didn't watch it, paint us that little picture of, of the day. So it was uh, this past Sunday, uh, 9 a.m. I'm at the start line. I got about 50 to 70 people in the crowd. I'm not even sure because I wasn't counting it fully, but uh, I had two pacers that were ahead of me. Uh, they were expecting to last three to five k, so those were the two fastest guys that runs for University of Prince Edward Island. So their goal was to keep me on track for the first five k, so then I could hopefully speed up or maintain or slow down, whatever. Um, I had three person on camera, one person doing a live feed, and the other two were using a GoPro. Because some of the regulation of Guinness, you need to have full video evidence from start to finish. I also have uh, the UPI cross-country coach that was uh, the official timer. They had the official camera for the track to picture at the start and the finish to make sure to get like the timing at the exact second. Um, so yeah, I'm at the start line. Super, super nervous. It's, I think, 17 degrees. I was looking at the weather for like the last two weeks before that. I was very, very stressed because even yesterday it was 29 degrees here in PEI. Oh, so yeah. Oh. lucky. It's were, were you pinned to that day, July 10th, or could you have moved it if it wasn't a favorable day? Um, It wasn't really pinned. Like I moved it around twice. It was just pinned because I try to get all my 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 friends to come and be the pacers to be the timers i rented a track which was not really hard because i knew the the track coach and then i wanted to have like friends on social media to be able to support and make it like a pretty cool journey yeah so that's what i got i was at the start line everybody in the crowd cheering and my friend on video i knew like my family in quebec sherbrooke were watching and so no pun intended, but there were a lot of balls up in the air as far as like <laughs> lining, lining people up to, to be there to cheer and film and all that stuff. So not super easy to change the date. 
No, it was it was quite stressful because I was kind of like the race director to my own race, trying to plan, get everything coordinated. So I show up maybe like an hour before the race, making sure that the track was open, that uh, the people on camera knew what to do, that the pacers knew what pace or knew if they were going to be ahead or beside me. I needed to talk to the people doing the timing to make sure that they knew what to do. I wanted them to tell me, not my pace, but just tell me if I'm, my ba- my goal, 84 seconds, 83 laps. So tell me if I'm on or one second below, one above. That was the, the plan. So, okay. Did you do any practice runs, like practice loops to make sure all the tech was working? No. <laughs> my only practice to know if I was fast enough, because I only juggle maybe like four times, like for practice in the last month and a half. I was in Victoria, BC back four, four weeks ago. And uh, I did a race, a 5K race. It was a Navy 5K. I came first overall. <laughs> and uh, it was seven. Yeah. <laughs> first overall. Talk about demoralizing. Like you get, you get your butt kicked by this guy like juggling in the race. <laughs> like, dang. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> it's kind of funny because it was like a 5K with a bunch of rolling hills. And there was two guys there that were like probably like in 15, 45, 16, 30 shape. And they were like talking to each other, like challenging each other. And I was like in the background, I'm like, oh, I got no chance. I'll, I'll stay in third place. So I started that race. And uh, anyway, I passed one at like two and a half K, the other guy at 4.4 K. And the heels were where I, I was passing them on the uphill. And uh, yeah, I juggled the entire time. So 17.01 on the hilly course. So I figured if I go to the track, even if I go super hard and then I blew up, I should be fine to get the record. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, uh, Michael, what was the previous record? So the previous official record with Guinness was 36 minutes, 27 seconds. Wow. So you blew that out of the water by almost two minutes. Yeah, a minute 40 to be exact. But I'm saying official record because in 2018, I did break that record. I did 35-36, but I did all the paperwork, sent everything to Guinness, and Guinness refused the record because the track or the course was not certified. So that's why I'm saying official record, but I already broke it before, technically. And what was your time then in 2018? Uh, 35 minutes and 36 seconds. Okay, so in your mind, you wanted to break that because you knew that even though it wasn't official, that was the best that had been done on on record yeah and it's funny because back in 2018 my fastest 10k was while juggling oh Oh my word (laughs) (laughs) so now like i did a third i did a sub 34 minute on the on the road like 30 i think it was 33 40 like three months ago so i knew i was about two minutes faster than i was in 2018 so i knew i could go faster Okay. okay, so I just want to pause on this for a second. This is so fascinating to, to me. So why is the first thing that comes into my head? So I'm thinking running mechanics, juggling, reaching forward, center of gravity over your feet. Do you think the act of, sorry, ahead of your feet, like we know you should have a forward lean from your ankles. Do you think the act of juggling actually improves your running biomechanics or is it just that you haven't pushed yourself not juggling and it's just by default what i'm gonna say is juggling helps you keep a cadence okay okay 
I can go for a run and not even look at my watch, and I'm going to be even on every split. If I go running, I will easily, mentally, I'm going to go faster, slower, but I have to look at my watch and keep my pace. But when I'm juggling, my cadence is the same because my arms and my legs have to be in the same cadence to go with the ball swing. Uh-huh. Interesting. And you know what stood out to me when when I was watching is that you actually had the balls like pretty close to you. Like it wasn't as if it was like way far out in front. Like it was just right there. Like it looked very comfortable because my original thing was like, oh, wouldn't that make your arms tired? But do you do you notice that? Do your arms get tired or is it just kind of natural? Uh, it is kind of natural now because the, the first two to three years I, that I started doing that, I was doing juggling on every run I did. Every single one. I joined a run club. It was every day. Nowadays, I do it really, really rarely. I just do it on special races. For this one, I practiced like four times. <laughs> Since funny, like in 2022, I practiced four runs to try for that record. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So talk to us about race day. So again, I'm watching on the video. And, and again, what stood out to me was it sounded windy. Was it windy that day? And like, how does wind even affect it? You would think that that would make things a lot more challenging. Well, it was windy every 200 meters. So every time you were going a certain direction on the track, yes, it was windy. But uh, it wasn't too, too bad, like maybe like 20 kilometers per hour, I would say. Okay. The, the the good thing about the track is you do you do loops and loops and loops. So it's really easy to keep on pace. I knew I was... On pace to break the record by like a good minute, 40 to two minutes, 84 seconds, 84 seconds, 84 seconds. And uh, it was great. But then the first runner, the first pacer dropped out. And then the second pacer, I think we got a bit excited. And I think we gained like seven seconds faster on the next lap. And then I think at that point we had like almost, by the time that they, my pacer dropped out at 5K, the second one, he had a 5K PB, and it was like oh. 17, 14. So I was, oh uh, my god, I was going too fast at that point. Oh, okay, okay. Well, okay. you know what's really funny? So I was at the track last night doing a workout, and my workout was like 200s. Like I ended up doing 10 200s, and so you're talking about doing 84 second laps. So that is 42 second 200s. And that is exactly what I was doing. All of my 200s were right there, bang on at 40. And this is like me running all out pretty well. (laughs) And you're doing this for 10 kilometers. So just to put this in context for people, a 34, 47, 10K is like three minutes and 29 seconds per kilometer. Is that right? Yeah. Like this is fast. Fast. This is moving. And you are juggling three balls at the same time. So it's, it's absolutely crazy. So in this attempt, did you ever drop a ball? No. You never dropped it at all. Wow. If you had have dropped the ball, what would happen then? Is the record done or do you just have to go pick them up at the same spot? It would have depend. So I know because I was on the track, the regulation, if I step, example, if I step outside the track, I would have been disqualified. So if I would have dropped the ball in the inside of the track, like on the track itself, I would have just had to go to the point of impact of the ball, pick it up and go back from that point. But if I would have dropped the ball on the inside of the track, it would have been automatic disqualified. Oh my gosh. So if that had have happened, like let's say it was not that far into your run, would you have just started the whole thing over again and tried again? 
to be honest, I did not reflect on that at all. But Ooh, now that I'm yeah, thinking about I can it, see why. Yes, I think I would have. But I think mentally I would have been uh, drained. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to ask another question about the choice of track versus a straight uh, course. So you said, yes, I can see the advantage of it being very easy to pace. But did you find there any challenge in turning all the time as you juggle? Or are you just such a good juggler that, you know, turning slightly to the, I assume, left? Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm not a track runner at all. Can you tell? Um, <laughs> would... Um, you'd have to kind of juggle differently for that uh no like i'm i'm pretty good at juggling You're pretty good yeah i can tell yeah <laughs> i would be i would be fine uh it's just the fact that track to do another track is easier to record evidence yeah like, true yeah. see that benefit like, too we have yeah. someone in the inside of the track with a iphone on a swivel and just she was turning around if mm -hmm. we were on the road which I did in 2018, you need to have one or two person on a bike to follow you. Mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. But then yes. you need permission of the race director. On PEI, there's only one 10 kilometer, which is certified. It's, and that race is in October, which means I have to leave the province to go find a 10K. And then my juggling is not something that every race director is uh, interested in. <laughs> yeah. so, the first time, I think in 2015, I asked the race director, can I come and juggle? And they're like, no, no, too dangerous. Fast forward, I think three to four years later, they're like, can you come and juggle? Uh -uh. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's just something people have to, to know you and they yeah, have to know right. you're in control. So it's not an hazard. Like right. no strollers, no headphones, no juggling. <laughs> it's very dangerous. <laughs> Well, oh, you know, we had somebody on the podcast not long ago who um, set a record bouncing a basketball for a marathon. 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 And uh, yeah, it seems like these things are not exactly frequent, but not so infrequent. unusual that you, you infrequent, like they're happening. People are doing these, these records now and, you know, people are starting to get more used to the idea of it. And I think it's really awesome. Mm -hmm. So did you... Like as, as you're talk to us about the race as it unfolded. Like, did you know you had the record all all along, or were you ever worried that it was slipping away? No, from uh, from the start, uh, we did the first lap. It's kind of funny. So the first lap, the pacer kept slowing down. So I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to pass them because uh, they're going a bit too slow, and I wanted to go faster. But then we came around the corner, one lap done, and. My wife said 84 seconds, bang on. And I'm like, oh, okay, perfect. We're good. And then we do a second lap. He's like, he's still like slowing down again. And I'm like, okay. And then bang on to 84. So I knew it was pretty good. And then we ended up being at three kilometers when he dropped out and we were still on pace. And I'm like, well, I feel good. I just want to go faster. And on the video, I, I think you, you've seen it. I passed the pacer at one point because yeah. I was like, I got energy. Let's do it. So I, I took the lead for one lap, and then the pacer asked me, "He's like, do you want me to take the win again? Uh, take the lead again?" I'm like, "Ah, sure, take the lead." But I, at that point, when he dropped out, I knew I was on pace to break the record by like a good minute, forty to two minutes. Mm -hmm. So I was quite mm -hmm. confident. Like, even if I dropped down to like a three forty, I think I would have, I, I would have got it. 
Right, right, right. Yeah. So I can see why you'd want a pacer to kind of take some of the thinking away for you, get you in the rhythm, right? Because once you're locked into a rhythm, especially on a track, I think it's it's a little bit easier to maintain. But did it stress you out at all to think that your pacer had never actually run that fast? Yes, it did uh, a bit. I, I had a really fast pacer that can run like a 31 minute 10K that was lined up if I would have done it the week before. But unfortunately, he had to step away from the province. So mm. uh, I had to feel it fell back on the second and third fastest person on the island to, to come and join me. But yeah, it worked out. They did a fantastic job. The first pacer did amazing, bang on. The second pacer, not as experienced as a pacer, but fantastic job. I and mean, I'm super grateful to both of them. I wonder who was more nervous about it, you or the pacers? <laughs> The second pacer was super nervous as well. The first pacer, uh, it's funny because I beat him in the race. Like There was a 5K race in Nova Scotia in 2018, and he came second to me. And uh, he was really pissed off. And all his friends were like laughing at him that, that year. But then I, I helped him the last two years that he went to UPI. I helped him pace during his workouts. So he came back and gave back to me what I gave back Aww. to him. So it was good. The running community is so awesome, aren't they? Yeah. So um, again, just for context, what is your 10K personal best when you're not juggling? Like, I assume you can, can you run a 31 minute 10K? Uh, I've done a 33.40, but it's a time trial, like an actual race race. Technically in a real race, my time is 35.36. Yeah, you said you're faster juggling, so that's... I've, that's yeah, I've not done an actual 10K race officially yet. So, okay. okay. Because of the pandemic, I didn't do any big races. Two years on PI, no race or official unless you do the PI marathon. Like, they don't pay for certification because there's no budget. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah. Okay. So, I mean, you sound just by nature of running faster when you're juggling, um, it's, it actually puts you out of know, like you stayed in it, set in a state of rhythm or flow or whatever. Um, do you find it at all hard to concentrate for that long? Or did you during this attempt or were you just totally in the on point in the moment? No, I was in the moment. I felt super confident from the start and I was a bit nervous, of course, but I, I think I just created that kind of like reality of being nervous because I've done half marathon juggling. I've done a marathon juggling. Oh, and, oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, I knew about your half marathon. So that was in, that was at the Toronto waterfront half marathon in 2018, right? Where you ran a one, one seventeen oh nine. Is that yeah. right? It was, a, that oh was special because it was two jugglers, me and another guy. Head to head. <laughs> pretty crazy because Toronto waterfront marathon invited both of us to do a press conference right after Lani Marchand. Oh, oh my. Yeah, so it was her, and then it was the two jugglers, and then uh, yeah, I won by two seconds, but the other jug, the other juggler was like a one oh nine half marathoner, and I was like a a one sixteen. You don't slow down that much when you juggle. At that time, my half and my two half juggling and not juggling was like thirty seconds apart. That's amazing. Unreal. Unreal. So uh, what did you do to celebrate? So when, again, when I'm watching the video, the crowd support, like it wasn't ton of people, but like you said, there's 
40, 50 people there. And they were at the kind of like finish line every time you came around in the stands. And so you could hear them like they were cheering. So did you find that exciting, distracting? Like how was the crowd support? And then what did you all do to celebrate afterwards? Well, 50 to 70 is quite big for PI because the PI rates typically you get 50 to 100. So 70 people in PI is like, it's a big party. Uh, no, it, every time I did a lap and I was coming around the finish shoot, like everyone was yelling and it just, I wanted to go faster. It was hard to like keep my emotion in check and not go faster. Uh, when I crossed the finish line, all I remember is throwing the balls in the air and like, yeah, celebrated. I, and then uh, it's kind of weird because like four years ago when I broke the same record, which didn't count, I, I cried. Like I was super emotional. I cried maybe for like 20 minutes straight. I couldn't keep up my emotion. And this time I was just like, yes, got it done. That's probably reflective of how confident you were that you could do yeah. it too, right? That's yeah. right, yeah. Yeah. So has this run officially been ratified as a Guinness uh, world record or is there some kind of a process you now have to go through? There's a long process. So I needed uh, video evidence, which I have three. So I know that's going to work. Uh, I needed to prove that the track is official, which the province of PEI sent me all the documents. So I have the proof that the track is official. I have the video. I got about five witness reports that came in already. I'm waiting for more. The only piece of paperwork I'm missing right now is the race director. or the, the Which race, is you. <laughs> the, the race official, the person that did the official timing. So I need that, one, that report, and then I'm going to put everything together, plus all the media coverage I had this week, and send that as a package. And then it takes four to 12 weeks with Guinness to write a five. Then they'll look at all the evidence and uh, hopefully I don't get disqualified for a small detail that I missed in the rules, which could happen. I hope not, but if I miss yeah. it, I'll do it again. Okay, okay. Well, um, Canadian Running wrote a, a really nice piece about this and uh, well, now you're on the Inspired Souls podcast. So, uh, <laughs> I assume there's a lot of, uh, yeah, really, like uh, a lot of media attention coming your way. So what's, what has the response been like so far in, in your community and beyond? And, and is it what you expected? Yes, well, it's uh, been pretty crazy for since Sunday. Well, I had neighbors where I live that don't even know who I am that realize, oh, my God, you're famous now, or famous in brackets. Uh I had old friends from high school, university that reached out to congratulate me. I haven't talked to them in like 10 years. That was pretty cool. But just media in general, like like I was doing like three to four interviews per day since Sunday. It, it went all the way to like CBC National, which is pretty big. Yeah, wow. In English. And then uh, I almost got lucky and I, I, I got invited to go to Italy to go on a talent show because of what just happened this weekend but because of timing it's not going to work out but just to be invited to italy got talent is like it's pretty big yes, so, yeah so it was cool. pretty pretty exciting week and i'm at work and i'm having a hard time to concentrate even though i have to do work so it's it, it was tough mentally it's uh you try to keep all your emotion in check i'm trying to do my job and then my other second job so mm -hmm. it's a lot. 
All right, Michael. So I think now is a good time for us to go back a little bit and learn a bit more about you. So can you tell us and our listeners just a little bit more about yourself? Like you've already mentioned you live in PEI, a little bit more about your life there. Yeah, well, uh, I moved to PEI three years ago with my wife. And uh, me and my wife, we met through running in Halifax in 2015. And uh, yeah, so when, when, uh, when we met, I was just a casual juggler, juggling at every little run club, maybe like 40 kilometers a week. And uh, she was also a really good runner and put two runners together, two casual runners together, and we became really, very really addicted and very competitive. <laughs> and uh, we started running more and more. We joined a, a club in Halifax called the Halifax Roadhammer, which we started putting training together. My wife's a dietitian, so the meals became better. So you put the training, the food, and the, the competitiveness that we both have, and it really helped me grow as a faster runner and then also as a juggler at the same time. Mm-hmm. So as a dietitian, does she t- like to take any credit for your record? It's because of all of the great food that you two have been eating? <laughs> I would say she should. She should take credit because uh, before I met her, I would. Uh, it's kind of funny. I used to eat like maybe like, I would skip breakfast or skip lunch and I would eat like four pieces of toast for, for supper. And uh, I used to pass out a lot and I've like, uh, they're called like vasovagal episode. It's when you pass out. It's like almost like a seizure, but like mm-hmm. up to 10 seconds. And uh, it really brought me back to a better health. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm able to do more running now and have more energy. And you know what? Eating the right food is fantastic. It changed your life. Mm-hmm. For sure. Awesome. So you mentioned that you're on PEI, you were in Halifax before that, and there's a military um, connection or a military background that you have, right? You're in the Navy? That's correct. Yes. Okay. And what do you do in the Navy? And what do you do in the Navy on PEI? I didn't know that there was like a base on PEI anymore. So I'm a Naval Warfare Officer. So typically when I used to work on a ship, I would be like a bridge watch keeper and then I became a deck officer, so in charge of all of the bosons. Uh, for those who don't know what that is, it's like all your ends on deck that takes care of all the seamanship evolution on the ship. Mm-hmm. So I moved to PEI, and now I'm the executive officer of HMCS Queen Charlotte. So in non-Navy terms, I'm like the second in command of the Naval Reserve Unit on PEI. Okay. It's a small unit of about like 97 person. Okay. Amazing. And you run for the military as well. You're on their SISM team. Uh, can you, can you just, we've talked about SISM quite a bit uh, on the podcast. We've had other, other athletes, but um, just for those who, who it may be a new term for, what does it um, stand for? And what's your next competition with them? SISM stands for, it's a French acronym for Conseil International du Sport Militaire. So International Council of Military Sports would be a good translation. So yeah, I've been on the team since 2016. I competed in Hungary in 2017 and then in Wuhan, China in 2019, three weeks before the pandemic. Oh my goodness. And then my next competition, I'm going to Portugal for uh, with the team. Actually, my wife and I both made the SISM team. So we're both going to represent uh, the SISM team in uh, Portugal next October. Oh, that's cool. Excellent. Very, And that's for cross country though, correct? That's correct. Uh, we're sending four male and four females. And this year, it's a bit uh, different concept. Typically, they would have like 
10 male, five female. It'd be like a short course and a long course for the male and a short course for the female. Now it's gender equality. So it's four and four. And then there's going to be a mixed race. So the team manager will decide the top two male or top two female, put them together to do a second race, either before or after the actual race race. So it'd be pretty cool. So what what kind of distance are we looking at? Are they going to have everybody run? I believe it's eight kilometers, I believe. I think it's recently changed, right? Because I think men used to do 10, 10 and women did six or something. And yeah, so it's been updated. So yeah, good. And, and so obviously the training is going to have to change. You're going to have to run on grass and hills and trails and probably lose those uh, juggling balls <laughs> to get ready for this one, right? Yeah, that's correct. Like I'm, I'm done juggling. I, I might do an actual another race this weekend just for fun. But uh, yeah, I'm going to have to start, start focusing on just running. I want to break 10 kilometers in uh, sub 33 minutes by the fall. Okay. If I transit back to cross country, it'll be a bit slower, but that's the goal to break 33. Excellent. Excellent. So you also, I know, give back a lot, uh, both through juggling and to the sport of running. So why don't you share with us a little bit um, how how you've done that? I think you, you're a coach as well. Is that correct? Yes. Yeah, I do. Well, I think I also started in 2015, the year that I started to like really juggle in the community. I randomly went to the uh, the athletic banquet for Nova Scotia. And I was in the in the stand, and they're looking for like a volunteer to be the race director coordinator, and I was like, oh, I'll put my name down if someone wants to uh, teach me. And I lasted five years. I was on the board. I was super involved. I did race directing for two small local races. Then we moved to PEI, and then I was asked, do you want to join the board as a president? So I was like. Well, I don't know how the, your organization works, but sure, I'll join. So I did two years as a president. I just left two months ago because uh, I was a bit too busy. But uh, yeah, I did seven years of volunteering between Nova Scotia and PR in terms of the running organization. And I've done a lot of volunteering at different running events with the youth running series as well. I've been going to uh, youth running series with my wife and I juggle with the kids around and they try to beat me while I juggle beside them. So inspiring the next generation of jogglers it's all small things that all come together and it makes you i think it makes me a great ambassador to the sport i think the community the running community on pr and nova scotia they all know me now or they know the juggler so i think i've shown to them that i'm engaged not only as a competitive runner because i'm super competitive but i'm also able to show up put a clown outfit and juggle in front of the kids and they love it so what do you have, besides the cross-country, the SISM cross-country worlds, what do you have coming up? Is there a, a world marathon joggling <laughs> record in your future? Well, that's a big question. I've been reflecting this week as everyone is asking me what's next. And I'm like, oh, Portugal, SISM cross-country. Uh, to be honest, I did not really reflect on it. I know I want to do a marathon next spring. And... Uh, Maybe try to do a marathon in sub 235. Ooh, or I might try to go for this the juggling marathon record, which is 250. But I'm not sure yet. It's still so far away, and I'm not sure what's going to happen until that point. 
Okay, so we are called the Inspired Souls podcast. So we always like to ask if there's been anyone in particular who's inspired you on your running journey. I think as a kid, I was watching the show, uh, like not the show, the movie Prefontaine. And mm-hmm. anytime I watch that movie, it just gives me like shivers. And mm. uh, that's what really want, make me, made me want to run. But since 2014, 2015, it was a guy named Mikhail Capral. He's a guy who actually I took two records away from. Okay. Uh, yeah. In 2014, I started watching all his videos on YouTube. And I was like, I want to be like him. And then I remember like sending him a message like, how do you do this? Like, this is crazy. And then uh, in 2018, I met him because he introduced me and the other juggler at the press conference. And that was like a really cool feeling. So where is he now? Have you talked to him since you took his record away? <laughs> yeah, Toronto. He actually congratulated me on Twitter a couple of days ago. Uh, yeah, he used to work for Canadian Running Magazine a few years back. He's a really fast runner. And yeah, he still has the marathon record left and uh, 250. So, so do you think he'll go after your 10K record again? Uh, no, I think he's a bit, uh, I don't want to call him old, but <laughs> he's getting a bit uh, older. So I don't okay. think he's in that type of shape anymore. But he is challenging other type of records. I know he's doing the four and five balls juggling record because there's many different types. Right. Ooh, have you ever tried a five ball juggle or are you just a master of the three ball juggle? I'm just a three ball. I can do a three balls. I can. I did a 5K juggling bowling pins. Okay. I did that once. How about knives? <laughs> I did a four meters on the track with knives. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I was kind of kidding. But... <laughs> I have a video of somewhere on Facebook, I think. But uh, <laughs> I, my, it's funny. I was interviewed by CBC uh, two weeks ago. They're like, "Oh, what are you gonna do at the end of to celebrate?" And I said, "Oh, if I break the record, I'm gonna do a lap of the track jogging knife." And then uh, during CBC interview a couple of days ago, they asked me, "Did you do it?" I'm like, "No, I forgot." <laughs> <laughs> Let's end on a a really high note. (laughs) Oh, this has been so interesting. Um, Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners before we close? Um, That running is a journey that's different for everyone. Mine all started with, uh, well, there was a different chapter. I started university, I took a break, then I started back. And for me, what really made me grow as a runner was meeting my wife and changing my running habit, getting more into an actual schedule, eating better, and then surrounding myself with a running community that uh, everyone, a running community that their passion was all running just like me and my wife. And it, it just made me a better person and made me a stronger runner as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, awesome. Well, we have a few fun little rapid fire questions that we usually close with. First one, do you have a favorite mantra? that you go to uh, when you're doing these juggling competitions? The one thing I, I always say now is, it's Ammer time, baby. So I run with uh, the Halifax Road Ammer. So we always say like, drop the Ammer. And that's my like my, my quote I've been saying for the last two years now. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, don't drop the ball or something. You don't want to focus on stuff like that. Um, do you have a favorite track or place to run? Not a favorite place, but if I can run beside the ocean, like in Cavendish here, every morning 
at some point of my run, I'm on the water, like along the water. And just the smell, the view, it just, it calms me, it makes me feel better. When I used to live in Halifax and also in Victoria, BC, just running beside the water, anywhere, as long as there's water at some point, I love it. You are so fortunate in the Navy to be in some excellent yeah. locations. So <laughs> sitting there thinking, right, why are you always by the coast? But that's because you're in the Navy. So yeah, amazing. Right well, we are, my husband's from PEI and we're headed there um, in about a month. So maybe, maybe we'll get together and go for a run along the ocean. That, I, we would love that. All right. Next question. Do you have a race still on your bucket list? Uh, there's a race in Newfoundland. The Tilly 10 Miler, from whatever call, it's a pure downhill course that finished in St. John's. And it's like the one race on the East Coast that like I've wanted to do, but it's just it's so expensive to travel there just to do a race. So yeah, yeah that's the next one I want to do. Do you have a favorite running book or movie? You mentioned Prefontaine. Is that your favorite? <laughs> yeah, all the way. I don't really read them, but uh, yeah, Prefontaine. Okay. Do you have that fiery competitiveness like him when you when you're racing, or <laughs> you don't strike me as that like super? He was like so intense, right? Even in practice, like when I used to train with the Road Armors in Halifax, every practice was a race. Like, okay. don't put me beside someone because I'm gonna pass them. Even though <laughs> if there's a pace, I'd be going faster than the pace because I wanted to like improve, improve, and push the limit. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do you have a favorite post-run indulgence? Chips. Mm. What does your what does your dietitian wife think about that? <laughs> Everything is good in moderation. That's what she would say, but uh give me a after a, a hard workout, she has to take the chip the bag away cuz I could her <laughs> <eat our> bag. <laughs> I'm with you there. Yeah, I love a salty It's chip. the salt, I think, the salt yeah, and the chip yeah, that uh, Exactly. Yeah. If our listeners want to follow you and find out more about you, is there any place they can go? Are you on social media? Yes. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, and I just started TikTok, but I'm not super good on social media. Uh, on Facebook, I'm called the the Jugglers Bosker. So uh, I started like a little juggling business, balloon twisting, and I just switched all my uh, username to the Jugglers Bosker. So okay. like I talk about running juggling and then juggling and balloon twisting okay oh my gosh well that pretty much just sums up everything about this conversation this was so much fun really nice to get to know you and honestly this like as fun as it was this record is also so so impressive and really fast and you should be super proud we're very proud of you and uh, can't wait to follow along with all of your adventures in the future so thanks for joining us thank you 